Welcome to the Propane Business Podcast. I'm Johnny. And I'm Yusuf. We set up and built propanefitness.com into the profitable semi-automated system that it is today, which allowed us to quit our corporate jobs and coach online full-time. More importantly, we were able to do this without a huge online audience or being glued to social media every day. We're now ready to share everything from the failures we've made to the systems that now consistently generate hundreds of thousands in revenue. We help personal trainers, coaches, and gym owners do the same by avoiding the mistakes we've made and the best practices going forward. Subscribe to this podcast to learn what we're doing and what we've done to build and scale propanefitness.com. We'll be teaching you how to generate a steady flow of online clients, win at Facebook ads, automate your coaching systems, and to achieve financial independence. Hello, welcome back to the Propane Business Podcast, episode three of the how to travel and run a business series that we've been doing. Um, mm. Johnny was going to open with, I think, about a stag do. I don't know. Well, well you just said, oh, yeah. we'll, we'll open with that. And I wasn't sure that would be. So, well, it's because okay. normally we have like chat and then press record and then try and manufacture chat to start at the beginning. So you, <laughs> you might as well just press record. Um, yeah, I was just saying that, well, so I had, maybe is maybe this the first post-covid podcast i've done i think so i think you were you were you were I, know, for, I did one you were down did one with help. ben mark photography got you yes. that was post-covid but this is the first non-interview yeah so i had covid for i had covid from the last stag deal i went on and i'm about to go on another one <laughs> so and, uh, i've got like a it's like when you fall off your bike you know the thing to do you just got to get back straight back on again so um <laughs> So I, I arranged for one to, to be lined up, and this one's even more intense. The last one was in a beer colour in Manchester, which is where I... That's pretty intense. Beer colour is pretty raucous. Yeah, it is pretty raucous. Well, this time I'm in a nightclub in York. I'm actually in a nightclub that I spent a lot of my between 18 and 21 years wow, your youth. At, at uni. That's going to so be I've not very been, strange. I've, yeah, I've not been back since probably like graduation will everyone be 21 in the nightclub apart from your party well i think all the students are home now <laughs> so it could just be empty it's either going to be dead or full isn't it like so it's either my, going to be my money on this is the first weekends of freedom so my money is on full okay because well, i'll send you an image on telegram with me well, on the at least on the dance floor in the real world, in podcast land, time is boundless. But we are recording this the first weekend that, well, the first third weekend. I don't know. I've not been in the UK for the last year, but I imagine you've had some false freedoms here and there. <laughs> some false not, releases. Never as big as this one. So There's never been no restrictions. Yeah. So like no masks, nothing. Like technically, I should go into this nightclub and it should be as though COVID is not happening. Just licking the floors. Which given the like... <laughs> 50,000 daily cases is is a bit presumptuous but so I last night I was reading the studies on reinfection rates mm -hmm. pretty good yeah you should I think be it's, especially I think it's like a, yeah so I think it's like within a six month window I think there's a one percent one percent of people get reinfected and when they do it's they're often like mild symptoms or symptomless yeah but, you know, it's just all in the name of science. You know, I'm just so selfless that I think, well, <laughs> you know, the more data we can have on this, the better. Where might I get get it again? Nightclub on the weekend reopening on a stag do. 
that's very good. exciting. And then if that's not enough, the day after going to York races. So just a double tap, you know, you've got to make sure, absolutely sure that you expose yourself to it. And well, then uh, and this brings me back to a conversation. So suits, we've talked about this off, off air, but you struggle mm. with suits. Have you got a suit for the York races? What's the vibe with that? So there is a dress code, which is, again, it's too hot for, but there's a dress code for of collared shirt, suit, jacket, and tie. Oh, It doesn't say you have to wear anything else, but I think I probably should. Some shorts. Um, I was going to do like, I'm, I'm on the fence between chino's jacket or full suit. I can't decide which is cooler. Temperature-wise or style-wise? Mm. Yeah, not, yeah. <laughs> temperature wise I, i'm all about like i don't it doesn't care i don't care how i look if i'm too hot it's not i'm not willing to pay that price so having lived in south florida for a year most people wear chinos it, on a, on a, uh, so i'm gonna go with that's where the climate is hot all the time i mean admittedly it's also a bunch of old people but it's weird that isn't it because it feels in my mind they feel warmer well it depends on the chino is it a dark chino a cream chino they're, a, they're like material? a light grey. They're a light grey chino. They're like a. Um, they are quite heavy. They're quite thick. Ooh, a, th- <laughs> a thick ply. <laughs> yeah, single ply, single ply chinos. Amazing. Um, I mean, it's just going to be hot. So, well, good luck. Good luck with that. There you go. So that's Have what you, we were talking about. Ha- before we do get into the main course, I would mm. like. Have you ever bought, you know, those like as suits designed for lifters? Because I feel like you're at the point where you do have a bit of a lifty body. Have you ever tried those? <laughs> the stretchy no. ones? No, I haven't. So the, the biggest problem I have is jackets are fine. Shirts are not. So a lot of the shirts. So if you don't get a slim fit shirt, it's too big everywhere. So if you get a normal fit shirt based on chest measurement and neck measurement, it's massive. So you have to get a slim fit shirt based on chest measurement and neck measurement. But then you run the risk with some brands where there's just like an opening that appears here every time you put your arms by your sides. <laughs> so as long as you're sort of happy to sit with shoulders rolled forward and shirt hanging off you, it's fine. But as soon as you stand up, it's like, boop. And then you run the risk of a button going, which has happened to me before. And once oh, that's happened, no. there's no, you can't recover from that. The only way to get around it is to unbutton the rest. Yes, and it, then it looks too casual. Then it looks a bit like you've done too you've done, done too many buttons there, mate. So it's, yeah, go. it's not fun. Luckily, though, if you have to wear a tie, it covers the spread. <laughs> so that's the secret. <laughs> yeah, it's very complex. All of this stuff, but I, I imagine you have because you're you're quite a big person. Um, yeah. So my issue is just length of everything. I'm just a long boy. <laughs> like you're a long trouser like and everything. I've got, well, I've got a six, seven wingspan. So wow. so oh, my shit. clothes just don't fit me, my arms. So so any Is that shirt, how tall you are? You're not six seven, are you? No, I'm a I'm yeah. a measly, I'm a measly six four. But you got longer arms than height. Yes. Longer span than height, which is quite rare, right? No, well, it depends. I don't know. I play basketball, so everyone has longer arms than their body right. that's a pretty basketball trait so i don't know i don't know what the common i think mostly you normally uh, at least equal i think equal yeah i think standard. it's matching yeah um yeah. but who knows anyway but you've got longer it's good for a sumo deadlift well, they, well I've, n- I've never tried a sumo cycle need, need to teach you to sumo 
There you go. That'll be my project when I'm up there. Yes. The, the Alex, is coming, Alex is coming to visit. To meet you for the second time. Undisclosed location, just in case all the fans flock. You know, I don't want to... <laughs> don't fans. want everyone to rush for, oh, for your arrival. Exactly. But I will be there and I'll be learning to sumo, clearly. Right, let is, let's get into it. Because you've, sta- you've got a stag do in York to go to. <laughs> I've got that. I've got slides to do. I've got a coaching call to do. And I've got a stag do to go to. But before, before 4 p.m. We're going to discuss how travel travel and work and kind of, you know, basically run a fitness business whilst traveling. And how, what does that actually look like? How do you make the most of it? We've spoken about some of the, well, I guess some of like the, the getting things done, some of the stuff like that. Now I just wanted to sort of talk about the, the generality of traveling while working and the kind of key things that I'd always be looking for at each location I went to, kind of how you actually budget for that and all of that good stuff. So, okay. so you're at home. I'm at home. You're planning your trip. Mm-hmm. What do you look for in a in a location? So, location wise, so it's going to depend. So, there's a lot of things that go into this. One, so I'm well, I'm an employee of you, so I have certain holiday days. Mm-hmm. Use that to my advantage. Obviously, if you're running the business on your own, <laughs> holiday days are kind of non-existent. You've still got to think about that, though. Like, there's days that yes. you can't... So, I, like, my only experience with this is, like, extended holidays mm-hmm. where I'll try and do bits around that. Um, but, yeah, you've still got to think about it if you can't work for a day. or like you can Because those days, I think you're referring to, are, like, spent traveling. Yes. So right. that would be yeah. that would be what those days are for, is days in which you're not going to have consistent Wi-Fi. You're not, so that could either be a remote location. So if you're trying to go... I don't know, I don't know the UK, what the coverage is in like the the, the Lake District. It's probably good now. because It's lot not of that great. Is it not? It's, yeah, it's worse <laughs> than you think. Yeah. But, worse than you think. So, you know, the, but America is obviously gigantic and there is a lot of places in which there is, well, you know, there's, a, there's some places that there's great coverage and others in which there's nothing. I refer you to, I went to North Carolina, to so this place called Murphy, beautiful lake villagey town even a town is a stretch even a village is a stretch it was just a collection of buildings and there was this beautiful lake and it was up a hill or a mountain not really sure but i remember trying to work from there and the internet speed so that was like oh we have internet so on the listing it said we have internet that's tip number one do your research as to whether that internet is actually internet or like internet from the 1930s, which didn't exist, but this is basically what it was. Where like a dongle or something, like a 4G. No, so not even Worse than that. that. Worse than that. It was internet. It was the illusion of internet. But as soon as I hit, I think, 100 megabytes of data, it turned off for three hours. Oh, I remember now. <laughs> I remember this now. And yeah. because it was up a mountain, there was no signal so that is that's the worst case scenario i think if you're trying to work from a distance is just having terrible internet so as long as you're in a city anywhere in the world or even a small town usually you're pretty solid for that because a lot of businesses need the internet to kind of function um now of it it's going to depend on the country you know but just have that in mind have it in mind that to run an online business the first bit of that is online so make, yeah. sure, make sure that you have access to that. <clears throat> However, 
if it's a case of, you know, it's a day of traveling, often you can get away with that. Like if you have certain check-in days for your business, you know, for, for your coaching business, then that's fine. Like you can skip a day or two. It doesn't really matter as long as it's not the check-in day because you can still do stuff offline, you know, whether or not it's batch scheduling a bunch of tweets. Like I know Yusuf, for example, you know, on a night shift to do that. He didn't need the internet to do that. Like a tweet's a tweet. You don't need the internet to create a tweet. You just need your head and yeah. kind of note-taking device. So always being conscious of your relationship to the internet and, you know, where, where it might be best to... Or, or what tasks you can do off off of that. So, for example, with ads for us, I would be designing ad angles, you know, whilst I was maybe on the road, or I would be just, you know, writing scripts or coming up with like, you know, largest like planning because you don't need the internet to plan really, unless mm. in relation to a specific thing. So that would be a lot of the stuff I do where the connection was an issue. Um, but yeah, I mean, even beyond that, the only thing that you genuinely would be, well, there's, there's two things that I'd really be location dependent on. It would be if we were having, if I was having like coaching calls with people, you know, or if I was speaking to someone who might be looking to join the program and running through the details of that, that's pretty location dependent. I can't be down the park for that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but apart from that, or, you know, even really at a cafe, I don't know. I don't, I don't think I did any calls in a cafe, but like, apart from that or podcast recordings where the sound needs to be quite like a, a specific environment location wise, you're pretty free. And, you know, especially with the fitness side of things, like there's no live calls that we do for that really. Um, mm -hmm. so you can do, you, you know, that's, you can run that from literally anywhere and there, there's no limitations to it. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I think the, the, the main lesson we, we, took from like trying to sort of run check-ins around holidays and things like that in like the earlier days was have this like asynchronous communication with clients. Mm -hmm. So if you are going to do, if you are going to do like one-to-one -one check ins or if you have a day where you do that, have a day where you can like go through and batch them all and do audio replies or video replies or text replies. And they don't need to be online at a certain time, which means you can be in different time zones and you don't try yeah. to schedule calls with, because as you say, like if you have a day, so Telegram, for example, the app that we use, yeah. you can write replies offline in chat and then just send them when you hit. Like I used to use plane journeys to reply to clients. So I would just, because one of the worst things about like, even with asynchronous communication is you send a reply to someone that then creates a reply yeah. that then requires a reply. So I would write all of my replies, land, get Wi-Fi, send them all off, done. Check-ins done for a week um before my holiday even started and stuff like that so it, it i think the the main thing for what you're saying is like look at what you need to have wi-fi for how good does that wi-fi need to be what does the environment need to be like so if you're going to be on calls you can't be outside probably in a cafe uh, and, and like internet is often throttled with like high use usage and stuff like that yeah plan those things in advance and then have stuff that you can do when you don't have internet so if, you, if you're up a mountain or a hill and you don't have internet, have something to do. Have like yeah. a fallback to, to make, make use of the time. And that often those places, I mean, I know that you and Yusuf, I don't know if you still do it, but had periods where you turn Wi-Fi off for a certain 
amount mm-hmm. of time in the morning because mm-hmm. it can be very fruitful because that there's none of that inbound like whatever the inbound is if it's freaking candy crush telling you that you've got more energy or mm-hmm. if it's you know a betting app trying to push you to bet on the horses johnny you know the york races <laughs> <laughs> but you know and, and then so yes you you might have notifications off but i think we'd be lying if we said we don't still check things yeah <laughs> like yeah. you could have notifications off all you want there's still like a, a dopamine there's almost well an addictive kind of oh i'll check this just to see what's going on and you know that's obviously having notifications off completely decrease decreases that a lot but it's still a case that you will check stuff if the internet's off you can't check stuff and that's good because it allows you to focus on the thing you need to so you know always look for potential roadblocks actually becoming kind of positives or opportunities um, and I think, I mean, what well, the biggest lesson is there that that asynchronous communication that you were talking about is because not doing that is like running a business. Like I don't know if you, I think one of the most frustrating things ever is having to wait in for a package or wait in for the plumber to come round or you know, mm-hmm. and you're basically just turning your entire life into that. <laughs> yeah, because you're just dependent on not like on this thing that is so like. Well, it might, you know, oh, my clients like to check in on this day. So mm. it could be between here and there. And I've got to make sure I'm around. And you just become completely inefficient with the use of your time. And you could just set better boundaries. And there you are. You're sorted. Like, yeah. Well, part of this, like part of the prep for being able to travel before you think, like, where am I going to stay is like, how are things set up? Mm-hmm. Because if you were trying to juggle, let's say like fitness clients needed a weekly call, right? A one-to-one call, which is actually quite common. And I actually have like, there's a, a friend I have moved to Dubai recently who does online coaching. And he had like clients in the US and clients in the UK, like Australia. And suddenly he's, what, what was like just working with a UK schedule is now, it's now being shown to him. He's now in whatever the time zone Dubai is in. Yeah. Um, I think they're behind the UK. No, they're ahead. Uh, okay um but anyway so like he was having to wake up in the middle of the night and do calls and you just think like that's the that's the the you're creating this environment where the business is i mean it's not, not even really a business at that point because it's completely dependent on your hours but it's so inflexible so to even be able to think i'm going to have offline hours i'm going to be going between time zones i'm going to have this like up and down availability if clients, if the service people are getting is cause a few at certain times, no chance. Absolutely yeah. no way that's going to work. No, exactly. And th- th- this kind of leads me on to the next point, which was when, so when you're traveling, when do you do the work? You know, so mm-hmm. even if you've created like a completely flexible schedule, what's the best way to maximize your time, you know, whilst you're traveling? What I found, and this was more through accident than it was, you know, my great planning. But as I went west, I was several hours um, ahead, no, behind, several hours behind more than I was on the east. Does that make sense? That's yeah. A bit, it's a bit of a conductor. Basically, basically, it was yeah. a five. So, there's, uh, so the US is five hours behind on the east coast. It's uh, eight hours behind on the west coast, depending on daylight savings. But generally, that's kind of. So as I went to the west coast, there was even more of a time gap. What I did to kind of make up for that is just start three hours earlier. So <laughs> I just, like, well, because I work nine to five, and honestly, working six to two is fantastic for traveling. 
because yeah. you just have the entire evening or the entire afternoon evening to actually go and explore the place you're in. Um, so my advice would be get up early and do those things, you know, or, or, or you know, again, it doesn't matter if you have it so that the time is kind of, um, no, whatever you want of it. Well, so it doesn't matter if like, say you were ahead in Dubai because you've set up the business so that it's asynchronous communication, you could still get up early and do the work you need to do. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, yeah, completely. Um, yeah. So, my, honestly, I w- I'd do that because, I mean, yes, there's always a balance between like recovery and what you can do on the night. But realistically, what amazing things happen after 11.30 unless you're like on a night out, night out. Even that. But like, yeah, I mean, no, love a good night out, but you're not going to do that every night. Or, or you work in the club, which, you know, fair enough. But like... What amazing things happen after that? Not much, really. Now, there's you know several things. So even just getting up early, I think, is a general, <laughs> a general hack for running the business because you just still get the most out of your day. You're mm. done way earlier. It feels emotionally like you six to nine doesn't feel that different either. But that's three hours. <laughs> that's yeah. That's such a long time. And six can be like tough-ish. It's not like that sixth hour. You're like, yeah, I'm ready to go. It's more just like, oh, maybe you had a coffee. And you sort of keep stuff moving. But as long as you're asleep by, you know, 10.30, that's pushing it a bit. That's only seven and a half hours. I know you should get eight. But what more more are you realistically doing? Like you can go out and do something while it's still light and then you can go for a nice dinner and then you're back and then you're ready to sleep. Um, Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the nice thing about... So I suppose like for people who are not bound by like they work certain hours for, mm-hmm. for someone and that's already set up because that is actually like quite a bit of an advantage. I know you maybe don't think of it like that, but having a like these are my hours and once I've hit that, I've done my hours and I don't have to have this like ever present, I should be working all the time yes. feeling. Um, if you do have that, the best way to remove it is to just have, is to like create boundaries in your day. Mm-hmm. So if, if at 2 p.m., you've arranged to go and walk up the mountain that you're staying on, yeah. then like you've got to finish work by then. So you've got to have this productive morning. And actually, like that's a very effective way of running everything because it, it means that you get off your laptop, you stop working, you're forced to think about something else, which means the next day will be more productive and the day of is more productive. Well, yeah, because I, I think, I mean, and you'll be able to speak to this even more so because you have no freaking boundaries with this at all. Zero. <laughs> you suck Zero. at that. But like, it, it's not useful. It's like, well, it's like basically doing an eternal drop set. Yeah. But, but with your brain for the business where it's like, oh, cool. I, I have the capacity to do the hard work for a certain duration in the day. That doesn't continue. It's not, you know... I'm not David Goggins. I'm not traumatized enough that I can work for infinite periods. Mm. But like, so thankfully I'm not, because I don't know if that's a fun existence, but there's a certain limit at which the return on my investment in a certain task becomes diminished. Literally the same as it would in a gym. Like you can't just bench press all day at the same capacity. Like you can probably do your heavy sets and then maybe you could do, you know, you know, depend on how much you can do volume, you could switch to maybe a slightly different variation and do some slightly lighter. And then, but eventually you're just going to be doing like five kilos for reps of two. That's what, that's what you're doing if you're still working at 10 p.m. Like this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so I'll give you the, I'll give you the, like the counter argument to that, which is that Go on. 
um, the if you think like why why do people check social media or like look at their phone so like the thing that blows my mind is that there are people who have more screen time hours than me and they don't have anything business related on their phone it's all just like pointless shit stuff yeah so like but the reason they're doing that is like it's kind of fun to do mm-hmm. like obviously there's there's other sides to it but it's fun like it gives you a bit of a hit yeah. of dopamine doesn't it so the the problem with boundaries in it in in running a business is it is actually quite a lot of fun like you get a bit of a butt like when things go well or things feel like you know oh, that, i did that and it's paid off or it's working or or whatever um it's like fun to keep on top of it and look at stuff and work on bits and like there's so many things you can do so all things held equal if i have like an hour spare I actually, I think when most people think of work and doing work, they mm-hmm. think like, oh, I have to go and work. Whereas, and I know you used to feel the same way. It's this feeling of like, I get to work now. I get yeah. to do a bit of work. And the fact that it's called work is neither here nor there. It's just like a, a project that we've been working on for, for years. And it's fun. That said, the what you just said about this diminishing returns, like that's definitely a, a belief pattern that both of us have, That which is why that boundaries thing is so important. because. There is no relationship, really, as much as I wish there was. There's no relationship between the amount of hours I work in a day and the performance of the business. And it does my head in that that's the case. But like we've had some of our most successful weeks when I'm not working. Like It happened even this year. We had a really yeah. great week, and I didn't do a thing, which is just this constant reminder of like all those days where you think something isn't going well you think like, well, we're behind on our monthly target or whatever. I know I'll work longer hours. Does nothing other than make you feel more frustrated about it. So actually traveling and being outside of your home environment or being outside of like, I finish work and I go from my desk to the sofa and that's my day. Yeah. If you're somewhere else and you can create this like, well, I'm only going to do five hours of work today and that's that. And when I'm done, I'm done. I think that's actually, it's actually more productive. I think the business will benefit from it, conversely. Yeah. Well, and I also think like, theoretically, you should treat your hometown like you're traveling. Because like when you're traveling, obviously you're like, oh, I've got to make the most of being here. <laughs> there's like an, yeah. ele- there's an element of scarcity to it, which you still have in your hometown. There's still scarcity in like yeah. life in general. But like, you should try and, which, which honestly you do, like you go to the stag do it for, you're finishing it for. Like it's still happening. But yeah. I think there should be a certain, uh, well, a certain like desire to travel your hometown, which is a bit woo-woo. Sounds a bit woo-woo, but I think it's still like. No, I agree. Yeah. But I think so. The reason that that coming back to business globally is that the only way that your business will improve significantly over a long period of time is if you change as a person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're only going to change as a person by exposing yourself to new experiences, different points of view. And that could just be like, so for example, I could get really stickery about if you were trying to maximize the effectiveness of the business. So instead of celebrating a win at 10 PM, cause that win's still going to be there tomorrow. It's not going to have changed. You could mm-hmm. do some reading on a different subject like that's your spare work on the business, which is less dopamine-y, but might be a higher quality. Outcome. Yeah, yeah. No, um, you're right. You're but, right. But again, I don't think it's like it's not that deep. But there's well, a there's a thin line between there's a boundary of when I'm doing work, and then 
oh, this is exciting. I got this thing, but oh, this is wrong. Oh, um, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, well, it, it's yeah. a skill, I think, is the, is the, is the truth of it. Like, I think uh, people work so hard on being productive and doing more, mm-hmm. but actually it's just as hard to fully disconnect. If anything, it's harder. Um, well, but yeah, the people who are really good. Especially these days, I think it's... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like when you went and went to a factory and produced a widget on a production line for five out for ten hours and then went home, that yeah. was like that's home time. I am. Whereas home now, home. yeah, yeah. Whereas now, like you look at your phone, and, e- and even if you're like not running a business, and you look at your phone and you look at BBC News or social media, like it still drags you in. Yeah, the, like whatever you were thinking about earlier that day. So it is a real skill to. And like ultimately the people who produce at the highest level in terms of output, like units of work done over time are the people who have these like distinct off, on, off, on. And they're the best at that. But it's so difficult to do. So difficult to do. Even when you know that it's better for the business and your mental health. It's well, so hard I, to do. I think it's the difficult thing is that it's very hard to grasp the concept. And this is where it kind of differs from like training is that obviously, you know, you guys, I even come from a training mentality of like, where there is a pretty linear correlation between the volume of stuff you yourself do and Mm -hmm. the results. In a business, you can leverage lots of different fun things. You can leverage your past self in the form of videos, in the form of emails you've written, in the form of stuff you've designed. Like that becomes an organic thing that can go out and help people without you even knowing, which is crazy. And yeah. like, I don't think the human brain understands it because it's not, that's not a very like mammalian thing. There's not many like monkeys in the wild that are like pa- generating passive income. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so I think that's why the human brain really struggles to grasp what that is and why in the moment you're like, well, well, especially if it's so tied to your identity as well. It's like, this is my business. This is what I do. This is who I am. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, I should be doing that then. But you are doing it. Just a past version of yourself is doing it, which is very weird. Or maybe yeah. the other people you work with are doing something. And, you know, I think letting go of attachment to every bit of the machine is very important to the growth of it. Otherwise, you kind of, I think you contain it. Um, yeah, I which completely we, agree. Which we talked a little bit about in the first episode about like having ownership of different parts of the business and stuff like yeah. that. Um, yeah. Well, that, yeah. And, and like, I suppose this is why it's important to, whether whether you're traveling to try and work while you're traveling or whether you're traveling to go on holiday or take time off. Like it, it is a, it is something that a lot of online coaches worry about because you can't, just say to your clients going away for well you, you can but like it's less obvious to them right if you're working in a gym mm-hmm. and you can't coach someone for that week yeah and their hour doesn't happen and they don't pay for that hour. oh where's kerry kerry's in marbella oh, yeah <laughs> yeah like yeah. it's not like a oh well i expect you to pay me anyway for the hour that's not happening right yeah. whereas people still pay their monthly fee mm-hmm. or maybe you, you, you get them they bought 12 weeks off you and you want to go away for two of the 12, what do you do? Right? Do you refund them? Do you like so people worry about it a lot? And I think the the best place to get to is where time and revenue are not linked. Mm-hmm. But when you're at that point, there becomes this other thing of it, which is as you were saying, which is like actually one of the best things you can do for the business is do nothing and not like fiddle and try and 
push the thing that's just going at a certain rate regardless. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the, I would say that's the thing that I struggle with the most, to be honest, is like, it's the, the, the results, like the outcome is the outcome, no matter how you process it, because or, really or how much you wanted a different yeah, one or the same how much one. you want it to happen. Yeah. Because actually like today, this week, this quarter, this month is actually driven by like two quarters, quarters ago, like six months ago. Or, so like, or years ago in some cases like yeah certain programs yeah. or you know stuff that was but, designed but more way, like, way, way ago yeah and, and more finitely like the the content you post the emails you send the ads you run a year ago but the people who find out about you a year ago who are now coming to the end of their cycle of like actually this looks like the coach for me that's what's causing the results now not yeah. what you do today and that's why like that's actually why just doing three hours of work and then going and walking around a lake in the middle of America is a, a pretty good use of time. It's a great it's just, use of time. Would it's, recommend. Just, <laughs> it's just incredibly difficult to get to that point. But so I guess so that's two sides. One of them is a practical side of obviously you need Wi-Fi. You need mm-hmm. somewhere to work. If you are going to work while you're away, you need to have boundaries in place or create boundaries so that you, you're more productive and you can take deliberate time off. You need to have things you can, that you can do when you don't have internet, things you can do when you do have internet, have an asynchronous <coughs> setup with your clients and with communication. And what, else, what was the other stuff we covered? That, that was a chunk of it. That was a good majority of it. Have, so like I, have boundaries was more of a general like, message, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, I, think yeah. ba- I think boundaries is the thing that we fail most at as a society. I think a lot of issues would get solved with that in terms of, this is a bit of a tangent, but <laughs> well, like, so even in the help, you know, getting angry at things that are happening or getting angry at other people or feeling like someone let you down, it's like, no, there's this defined boundary where you end and they begin and your expectations are all contained in your boundary, not in theirs. So there's a, a general life lesson, but like, great point though. Great point. Uh, and then, you know, we're just even respecting other people's boundaries. Like that's a, that's a big thing that I think we could probably get better at mm. as a culture. Um, but that's a bit of a side note. So let's revert back to traveling. So quick, quick travel list tips. So budget. What we did was live with a very low rent for a, a good chunk of the year. And then we could afford to do the trip essentially. So, right. all, you know, cause I think like it's, it's not necessarily cheap. And especially if you want like a decent, it depends how you do it. So if it's the case that you don't have too many live calls, so which, you know, if you're working in propane business with us, you won't have a bunch of live calls potentially, then you don't necessarily need the best accommodation because you can just be out and about in cafes and, you know, working from there and doing all your stuff from there. And on top of that, like, yeah, but if you, if you want nicer accommodation, it's going to cost a little bit. Like you, you are probably going to spend like a you know well, it depends on which city you're from, but you're going to spend like a a good chunk of rent. Honestly, it costs about the same as it does to live in New York City, which is a lot of money, <laughs> but it's still like doable with a decent salary. Does that make sense? Yeah. So is that in the US or is that anywhere? As so a that, that, that was in the US. It obviously right. mileage completely varies country to country. I yeah. think you do Thailand for way less than that, apart from obviously the flights to get there. Um, so it's going to completely depend on the country that you're living in, which will again depend on the availability of Wi-Fi, the availability of like the reviews system even. Like mm. that made it very easy in the US because there was 80 reviews 
that you could tell, oh, is this place legit or not? Is yeah. this place like a good place to stay? But yeah. I think if you if you two had done like Bali or Thailand or like you know the kind of like common like tech entrepreneur places, yeah, I think with the same budget, I think you'd have been like I think the the experience you'd have had would have been insane in terms of like the yeah. the relative quality of what you could have stayed in. Yeah. I think the US is generally quite an expensive place. It's well, it's a total mix from location to location. Some places are just as cheap as Newcastle. So like, oh, New really? Orleans, right. so New Orleans, super cheap to stay in. Like we got this mm. massive apartment for very little money. Um, is it not just on its ass though? Still, it's a bit. It's a bit on its ass. It's really cool though. Yeah. It's a great city. There's some amazing food. And well, they had COVID for most of it, so didn't get to see experience too much. But it's a beautiful place, so I'd recommend that for cheaps. Um, but then San Francisco is just expensive. Although that's yeah. that place is struggling. That's the place that was most affected by COVID. Uh, that really? we saw. Yeah. Is that because everyone's moving to Austin, Texas instead? Well, I'd, or Salt Lake City in Utah, which is an incredible city. It's where all the all the Mormons live. It, well, and the, all the people that live in San Francisco. So apparently now as well really that, yeah they had a big influx oh, it's it's, frick, it's beautiful you've got the mountains it's really sunny lush parks greenery mm. you know, very nice houses good bang for your buck so yeah have you seen book of mormon i haven't seen book of mormon you should see book of mormon. i feel like i should enjoy a lot it's very very funny it's a bit racist but it's very funny. nice <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> bit bit not really what you expect like oh. i went i took my parents to see it nice so, like oh this is a very highly reviewed play i'm sure they'll love it and there's a lot of like homophobia and racism but it's the it's the south park characters isn't it the it's written by the people who wrote south park I oh is it really right yes. that explains a lot that explains <laughs> an awful lot yeah so if you <laughs> if you're used to south park then that's what you'll get but in the theater yeah it is funny though, because clearly a lot of people in the theatre are not expecting that. But yeah, sorry, total total uh, tangent. So, uh, so back, back to budget. Speeches. Back to budget. So I think we probably spent twelve hundred pounds a month. I think as reasonable on accommodation. On on so all in each. So on dinners, on accommodation, on all of that, it's probably twelve hundred pounds a month. So three three thousand six hundred pounds in That's total. That's pretty good for for a three month trip into basically 20 different locations or so seeing all the coolest stuff um so yeah i just i like i always feel like you could, oh yeah travel vlogs man oh yeah you don't have to spend much money you do have to spend some money it costs money <laughs> things mm. cost money in, in economies um but i want to set like a reasonable like how much was spent and i think that is yeah that's there or thereabouts what we did maybe a little like six, bit more. 600 quid a week something like that each in total Yes. No, no. So each. It'll be each. Two and a half grand a month. Yes. Cool. Yeah. And then... I, like, that's less than I'd expect, but I suppose you're staying in, like... Because when I think of going away somewhere, I think, well, you need, like, you book into, like, a... I suppose you could book into an Airbnb, but if you're going, like, to a hotel or something, for example, yeah. it's going to cost you a lot more than that. Well, yeah, I, if you were trying to stay in a hotel it, for a month. It totally depends on that. Like, we could have stayed in New Orleans for, like, nothing for ages, but it's also we also benefited from like the COVID sort of it being still a bit cheaper. Yeah, because stuff yeah. people weren't like you know the demand wasn't as high. So I don't know. It may have been a pretty unique situation price wise. Um, mm. But in terms of like 
you know, being able to do it and also not paying rent because we were, so we were staying with my girlfriend's parents. So, you know, we, we were paying Beforehand. rent, while, we were pay, paying rent whilst we were there, but whilst we were yeah. traveling, they didn't expect us to continue to contribute. Yeah. So again, that's, that's a massive not sunk cost. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is, um, there's a video that Yusuf and I talk about a lot that you might have seen by Anton Creel. Yeah, I think I have. The, like the rules of financial success, but he talks about how um, like the cost of a mortgage is like, that's one of the costs of a mortgage. So he he's a big advocate of traveling, seeing lots of places in the world, and then like deciding of all the places I've seen, this is the one that I prefer. Um, and if you have a mortgage and you want to go traveling, still got to pay the mortgage. Yeah. Like you can't, you can't just be like, oh yeah, like, you know, that house that you own most of, well, do you mind if I just don't pay for six months while I go to like Singapore and Bali and Australia? I'm like, is that, do you mind? Like, yeah. of course they mind. Yeah. So that's a, that's one of the downsides of that sort of thing as well. Like if you can just put rent, like cancel your rent and pick up, like pack everything in the bag and go, there's a lot of freedom. Like the value of that is what's well, hard to value monetarily. Yes. Yeah. Um, which is cool. Which is why you're now in the UK. Is that, which is, which is you, why you're now in the UK. Yeah. Like, so we still have, uh, we still haven't signed a lease, so we are. Yeah. We're just, just free. free to bounce about the world, which is lovely. But yeah, yeah. So that's, that's probably a decent place to to land off. A, f- a final yep. note about gyms. Mm-hmm. That was something I had to prioritise, and I think something that whilst on the road helped a lot with consistency. So I think that's one thing that like just the mental game of always traveling and trying to make sure that there's just even just having like making sure that you just pay for the gym, <laughs> like yeah. understanding the value of that, even though it's a bit of a, you know, faff to pay a weekly membership and all that jazz, just do it. That would be my final bit of advice. If you're traveling is have something that is very much part of a routine outside of just work. Um, Cause that can change too. But like, just just invest, even if it's you're like, oh, what the hell? I can pay 24 quid for a membership. Like I, for example, New Orleans, I had to pay $120 for a week membership. Which is aggressive, but it, like it's a lot, but it doesn't really matter. I feel like working out's pretty important to me. Yeah. So, so it's, like, it's weird, isn't it? I don't really think about it that much, but if you take like as long as I train, mm-hmm. there's a certain structure to things yeah. like there's a sit like it's very really rare that you just completely waste man for a week if you mm-hmm. train three or four times exactly and I, I think it's the same like because one of the reasons why i think people feel like sluggish and different and like unproductive on holiday yeah. is it's not just that you're on holiday it's that well everything else like probably your sleep's different yeah. your food's different and you then you don't train and you add those three things in so that was your diet fairly similar because i like when i think traveling i think like eating out in oh no i I put on a lot of weight (laughs) all right okay so you weren't like you weren't eating in a certain way like say breakfast and lunch no well don't do that that's dumb just like because there's so many different cultures so many exciting foods that you'll have never tried and there's no point doing that unless you're a physique competitor or you know you're a professional athlete Mm. i'm not at the stage where i'm like oh i just have to be shredded year round I have to, you know, I'm, I'm leaning down now because I want to and because it, it behooves me for basketball. But um, 
but no, I don't, I don't think that's something you should really aim for. There's things that you can do and there's always, there's always, I mean, it depends on where you travel, but honestly, most places you travel that you'd figure something out in terms of like, if you really did want to be like, oh, you know, I can do this or you just fast for like, well, do what we do in the shred fast for like one of the days. Yeah. Just keep the average down. Just keep the average down and you'd be absolutely fine. Um, I, I definitely find probably more, more than ever now that I'm old and over 30 that if I don't like eat a certain like breakfast and lunch, it affects my focus. It affects like, like it doesn't matter so much in the evening, but like if, for example, breakfast was like, I don't know, eating out for breakfast. So whatever that is in America, like French toast. Yeah. And yeah. And that sort of thing. And then lunch was like burger and fries. (laughs) I'm just, I'm not going to have a productive day. Do you know what I mean? Do you not get that? Um, I mean, I guess I have a routine around, like I just always have a nice coffee to start the day, which would obviously vary from city to city based on the establishment. (laughs) But that's roughly speaking, that's the, that's the, so so you do have something. So that's what I mean. Like I think having aspects of consistency, because then you like, you, you always get hungry at the same time every day. And like, you've always got this kind of, cadence to your morning whereas if you just oh, yeah. wake up and having like waffles and pancakes and no yeah exactly eggs, well, well, I, I think like that's why that's why i think i want to bring up the gym thing before we kind of signed off because that consistency is very important to the overall productivity otherwise yeah. well because like well on the road you quickly realize that you're very tiny in a very very big universe yeah <laughs> or even not even universe just earth a big earth <laughs> huge and like you're like oh my god everyone has loads of concerns and it's just in this city and then there's like an hour down the road there's another city that's exactly the same size it's even larger and then it's like oh my god there's another larger it's like whoa we're tiny idiots Mm. yeah nothing means anything and like quickly nothing can mean anything if you start getting rid of all of the like boundaries that you normally place on yourself or all the like routines you have is it's like, oh, I don't really feel like this. Oh, what's the point? Oh, it's all meaningless. Oh, <laughs> like, you, can, you, can, you can quickly get there. Um, so I think it's important to have those consistencies alongside, you know, alongside making sure you're exploring new experiences, making sure that you have, it, and it's not like, a, so I'm not a big regimented day kind of character, but there are specific touch points such as the training, or even just that iced coffee in the morning that I think do enough to just be like, oh, I'm still me. Mm. I'm still the constructed me, whatever that is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you know what I mean? I, I think like there's, there's a fine line to, to play with there, but something as easy as a breakfast, which you can normally replicate in some regard in most places. I had a, I wrote something that's in the protocol, the protocol protocol, which is like a two, one, I can't remember what I called it. It's like plan your days like as just having this as a permanent feature where eat three times, first two meals are like functional and last mm-hmm. meal is fun. Yeah. So the first two meals is like just to make sure you don't you ever get like too far away from like being an adult and eating like an adult. Yeah. It's like first two meals, like try and have some fruit and vegetables, try and have some protein, try and eat broadly the same thing. And then and like keep them broadly the same calories. And if you have like two meals of 500 calories, get like 40 50 grams of protein in each and then you do whatever you want in the evening oh. you're not gonna you're not gonna be like so far away that your your protein intake zero and you yeah. like 
constipated for weeks and all this all that sort of stuff. So like that's how I even now like that's how I on a day will generally plan things. It's like breakfast and lunch is the same, and then dinner's whatever. Um, bit harder to do when you're traveling, but maybe well, it's the well, one, unless, maybe it's unless, the one two man. Unless your lunch is like Wendy's or Burger King. Well, not Burger King. They're actually not that common anymore. They're struggling. But Subway. Hello. Yeah. Well, yeah, you know. but anyway, yeah, <laughs> yeah, no. So, so maybe the one, two, or the two, one. But yeah, I, I think like get out of there, see the world, even if it's just the world outside your front door. Don't get too caught in like boundaryless. Oh, but what if an email comes in, or what if a client needs this? Like, if you if you find yourself having those thoughts, that's an indicator that the system's broken. Yeah, or you or, need some perspective, or you need some perspective yourself, like. But I think, like, if you listen to this and are like, well, I can f- travel because of this, this, and this, then mm. sort out that, that, and that. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I think especially if you are, so if you're a personal trainer or a coach or someone who's, like, your own boss, so if you're self-employed or you employ yourself within a business, um, any problem you have work-related is entirely created by you. And that is like one of the hardest things for, we, we must hear on a, on a weekly basis, like so many people give us some kind of problem or complaint. And it's like, it's, well, it's like so many of my friends work in big corporations and like all of their problems, they can't do anything about. Mm-hmm. Like they can complain about their problems to senior people, but they can't make them go away. No. Whereas everybody who, if you're a Euro boss, you can't just make them go away. So like if you're, or, or you can change the way you react to them or change the anxiety you have around them by accepting that. Yeah, that's one. So, like so, slowly lower your expectations and erode that, them down. <laughs> or no, but or more like, so for example, I know that you guys used to charge £10 for one-to-one at some point, way back. Yeah, way back. yeah, yeah. First, first transaction. Exactly. Exactly. So that person, through no fault of their own, their expectation is one-to-one for £10. If you decide, oh, hold on, I actually want to make money and raise it to 50, 100 pounds, they might be like, whoa, well, bloody hell. And your fear might be like, well, I can't, I can't take them off that plan because then yeah, yeah, yeah. the issue with that, and I think this is a bit woo-woo-y, but like where you set the boundaries in your brain of like what's an acceptable whatever or what's an acceptable interaction or relationship that you have with someone, uh, you know, a client or you know, whatever is... That, that you kind of become tied to that like you'll become anchored at 10 pounds even if you have one client that's on 10 pounds because they're a mate and they oh you know, yeah. and also like i don't want to annoy them and like they were my first person so i gotta stay loyal and yeah like all of that tension you hold in the interactions that you have when you're trying to set the prices at 50 pounds with other people mm. yeah and then so it's, and then it becomes like well what about all the people that are paying 50 pounds and are compensating you more for your time is it unfair on them that someone's out here getting exactly the same service for ten pounds? And you mm-hmm. flip it that the people that are treating you well, you're screwing over by having someone do it for way less. Um, yeah. So well, uh, yeah, and that that applies to to everything in the business, right? So like, and this is kind of what I mean by like it's a it's something that you've constructed. So yes, exactly. what you charge, how often someone gets messages from you, how often someone gets their plan updated what's reasonable in terms of when you can, how long you can leave it before someone gets a reply and like the problems that come off the back of that, you decided all of that. 
mm-hmm. and that that reality is then creating like oh, I can't go traveling, for yeah. example. So the the answer that nobody wants to hear is it's all your fault, and you can change it. Instead, people want to complain about like the app they're using, for example, or like it's their client's fault. But the, just like the final point on this, like people who complain about their clients messaging them on the weekend or messaging them late at night or being really demanding. It is human nature if you're paying 50 pounds and you have no boundaries to exploit them. Like, obviously, you're going to get as much possible value from your 50 pounds as you possibly can. Like, it would be weird not to. Well, if you just had like a pick and mix, unlimited pick and mix or the unlimited yeah, breadsticks, uh, Olive Garden. 50 quid and eat as much as you want. Yeah. Like, you, you're going to eat until you're full, aren't mm-hmm. you? You're going to eat until you've had enough. And that enough, client to client, is going to differ going to differ whereas if it's you get 100 grams 50 quid and that's it and it's a very expensive pick and mix you get 100 grams 50 quid or it, maybe it isn't uh, what's no, a, no, 100 what grams it, is pretty that's not pretty very much easily yeah it's hard to but, yeah foam bananas 100 grams of foam bananas I reckon that's a pretty good uh, well, that'd no, be a pretty good like, portion isn't a bag of foam bananas like 25 grams it's been a while since I've had them they don't have them in America so they're good, aren't they? Thought they're fantastic. I'm gonna have to go and buy some. So today is my testing release day, and I tested negative. So I'm oh gonna, yes. So take me to go get some foam bananas, and I'm getting some foam bananas right now. Big big job lot. Big, so hundred grams. Alice sent us a link to a website where you can order like next day delivery pick and mix. Oh wow! Online, that's dangerous. And this 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 this, this selection is crazy. So like she she'd ordered like a huge bag of one specific thing. So you want to get that link off her. Oh, You'd have to wait a day, or you might have to wait till Monday. But I bet the I bet the reward would be much higher. <laughs> Yield. <laughs> yeah. Oh dear. Right. Well. Right. On that bombshell. Off to York I go. Enjoy. If anyone's in York when they're listening to this, I won't be there, so don't come try and find me. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, speak soon. Bye. 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 Want to learn more about the systems we use to run, build, and scale propanefitness.com? Head over to propanefitness.com forward slash business podcast and you can get your hands on our free training that covers the seven steps that we take with every client that we help build their own online business and also the seven steps that we use to successfully build Propane Fitness. We walk through the sales systems, the delivery systems, follow-up, remarketing, how to basically build your program so that it delivers coaching to your clients without you being there 24-7. We really do cover the full thing, right? And if you want to continue even further and potentially work with us, there's a chance to book in a call to have an informal chat with Yusuf or I to just basically see if any of our programs would be a fit to help you get from where you are to where you want to get to. So go to propanefitness.com forward slash business podcast today and get access to that. If you'd like to learn just more about Yusuf and I, more about us, what we do, follow us on the various channels, the best place to go is our YouTube channel. We have a load of stuff from fitness content, productivity content, why Yusuf slept on the floor for several months, why he's been having cold showers. There's always stuff on there that's entertaining and hopefully informative. So just go to YouTube, search for Propane Fitness, and you can find out a bit more about us there as well. Speak to you on the next episode.